This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Still such a fire intro, such a fire intro. I wish I remembered the guy's name who did it. Should have wrote it down. Should have been plugging him the whole time. Paid five bucks for it. You got to talk about it. <clears throat> Welcome to the podcast. This is the Pick'em Podcast. We're going to be talking everything and everything UFC Philly. Philly Phil, get ready. I'm excited. Um, it's a great card, you know. <clears throat> I've been breaking it down all week. I really like this card. Um, there's some interesting matchups in here. There's some there's some fighters that maybe a lot of people don't know yet. And then maybe there's some fighters that people do know. The main event is absolutely awesome. I've had like two or three people in my personal life be like, yeah, I don't know about that card, right? Listen, it's on ESPN. They're putting the best fighter, most exciting fighter in MMA, Justin Gaethje's main event, against Edson Barboza. There's zero chance that that fight's absolutely fireworks. Zero chance. I mean, it could end quick. One guy could knock the other guy out in a couple seconds. Well, regardless, it's it's going to be incredible. I stake my reputation on it. I know a lot of people, like I remember Ganyu and Lewis, everyone was fucking going crazy. Oh, that's going to be... I knew that fight. I didn't know it was going to turn out the way it did, but I knew some shit was up. I knew... I just knew it. Let's just put it that way. I knew it. And uh, it is what it is. But UFC Philly, I'm going to give you my pickums. There's some good fights on here. There's some good fights. I actually have something pulled up here. A little bit easier for me. I got, you know, I got a lot of irons on the fire. First fight of the night, you got Alex Perez, who's 21 and 5. He has a minus 310 favorite versus Mark De La Rosa, who's 11 and 1, who's a plus 240 underdog. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty shocking to see a guy 11 and 1 be an underdog. Mark De La Rosa's wife, Montana. Fights in UFC, she's a fantastic fighter as well. I'm high on Alex Perez. I like Alex Perez. I know uh, the Joe B fight didn't go his way. He looked good against Jose Torres, his timeout before that. I'm high on this guy. I like this kid a lot. Um, I think he's got some power. I think he's got some skill. Is a pretty big favorite. Mark De La Rosa, again, is, is a talented guy. He's not the most active guy. I haven't seen him a ton in the UFC. I haven't seen a lot of things on tape, and, and his resume isn't... It's not world class, but I mean he's I mean he's fighting the UFC, he's fighting some of the top guys, but it's not like his resume is blowing you out of the water. Um, but I like I like uh, Alex Perez in this fight. I'm gonna pick him to win. I know it's not a glamorous pick, three to one. I mean three to two. I mean there's a nice little comeback on Mark De La Rosa for sure. I mean at plus two forty for a guy who's eleven to one, he's only lost one fight against a guy who's coming off a, 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 a you know a loss, a pretty bad loss. But I mean against high level competition and Perez, I just like Perez's overall game. I think his hands are better. I think his striking is good. I think he has more power. I think he's a finisher. De La Rosa is kind of good. At, he's a jack of all trades. He's kind of good everywhere, but he doesn't dominate in one place. I think Perez is going to maybe take this fight over. I think he'll be able to stop takedowns and, and really work his boxing. And, and I, think he's, uh, I think he's a powerful guy. So I'm going to take Perez in this fight. <clears throat> We're off right there. We're off and running. Next up, we got Sabina Mazzo, who is 6-0. She is, if I could read... Plus 130 underdog. She's making her debut. She's fighting Marina Moros, who is a minus 160 favorite, who is a UFC vet. She's 8-3. Moros has been UFC for a while. Uh, Mazzo is making her debut. 22 years old. Very young. I believe this fight's at 125. Mazzo has some decent wins outside the UFC. She's got a good record. 
not, I mean, she's young, hasn't been fighting a whole bunch. Morose has fought, obviously, the higher competition. I believe she's on a two-fight losing streak, two-fight skid. But um, I think she's a talented girl. I think she's going to win this at plus one, or excuse me, at minus 160. You could throw in there, but, you know, female fights are tough. You know, I don't, I don't know enough about Sabina Mazzo to really be like, I'll oh, put all your eggs in Morose. I mean, I know minus 160 is, is a slight favorite. It's, a, it's almost a two-to-one favorite, but... That's a good number next to a veteran names who's a veteran names who's fought some rural tough competition. So I'm gonna go Monroe's. Um, if you want to get Whirly and Wiley, you can do the the Mazo. There's a lot of underdogs in this card that I think are gonna be nice little pickup for some people. But I'm gonna go with the vet. I'm gonna go with Monroe's. I think she's better all around. I think she has a better top game. I think she she has better striking. Mazo seems like she's kind of one of those girls that's kind of really well rounded, but doesn't dominate one area. <clears throat> I look, uh, I, I look for Moreau's to maybe win a decision on that. Definitely do. I definitely don't, wouldn't bet uh, uh, it be a finish. I, I would bet it goes a distance. Next up, you got Ray Borg, who's 11 and three. He is minus 310 favorite versus Casey Kenny. 11, one and one. He is a plus 250 underdog. This was supposed to be Kyler Phillips. This was supposed to be a bunch of people. Ray Borg hasn't fought. Believe it or not, Ray Borg hasn't fought since he got. Mighty Mouse Armbar, the the Mighty Armbar. What was that called? The Mousetrap. He or was that what that was called? Well, that sick armbar. Rayborg hasn't fought since then. He's got a lot of stuff going on with his son. His adorable son had had I believe brain surgery, multiple brain surgeries. Poor little guy. He just turned one, I think today. So um, that's I mean that guts me as a parent to see something like that. So I'm glad that his son's doing okay. I'm glad that, um, you know, Ray Borg's back to fighting because I know medical bills and whatnot kind of piled up for him. I remember he was selling some T-shirts for a while and and, and people kind of rallied around him like Joe Rogan, Brandon Schaub. And uh, that's great. That's great that the community, the MMA community do that. Ray Borg's a fantastic fighter. People forget about Ray Borg. He, he's, he's an incredible fighter. Um, you know, he looked, I mean, he's looked great be- before the, the Demetrius fight. Demetrius is, is going to do that to a lot of people. He's been off for almost two years. Really good in the scrambles, really good grappler, good striking. Um, he, he's a guy that's really hard to get a hold of on the ground. He's going he's gonna to outscramble. He's going to outwork you. Um, Casey Kenny, I do not know much about. He took this fight on short nose. Got, has a good record. His record didn't blow me away. This is obviously his UFC debut. Um, <clears throat> there was nobody on that record that I, I, I really thought was, was, you know, like a world beater or anything like that. Um, I don't know his game that well, if I'm being completely honest with you there. At plus 250, if you know Casey Kenny, you know his game. That's a nice little number next to his name. Although I do think Ray Borg is going to come back. I think he's going to win. I think it's going to be a statement win for him. Um, I think he can probably get a finish, a submission finish in this. I think if he works his grappling and takedowns and and, and really uh, really gets under the Casey Kenny, it's going to be a little bit bigger than he is. Um, he's, he's a little bit taller. So if, if Borg can get in and get down, and, and again, I think he's a killer on the ground. I think he could... Finish this fight, get a nice little bonus, hopefully, to help out with uh, everything going on this kid. So, official pick, Ray Borg. Next up, we got Kevin Holland, who is 14 and 4. He's a minus 205 favorite versus Gerald Merskart, who is 28 and 10, who is a plus 165 underdog. This fight's tough to pick. Um, I like Kevin Holland. He's come from the contender series. He's fought in the UFC quite a bit. He's had, um, I mean, his only loss in the UFC so far is to Thiago Santos by decision. And that was a pretty wild fight. Tiago Santos turned into a grappler. Um, couldn't really handle Kevin Holland on his feet. Kevin Holland was doing, you know, he's got kind of a karate style. He's really long for the weight class. He has some good kicks, have good punches. 
didn't look great in his, uh, his contender series. I believe he fought Will Santiago, and he finished it, but he was kind of, he could have maybe finished it a little before that. I know um, I'm surprised he really got the call from that. I don't know how uh, Danny feels about that. In the UFC, he's been solid besides the Santos fight. Um, but uh, Jeremy Roscart's a guy who's been around forever. Duke Rufus guy, great on the ground, great grappler. I actually had him as my underdog pick in his last fight against Jack Hermanson. He got submitted. Very disappointed in Gerald. Very disappointed. Really hurt me there because I think I even did have money on it too. And, and that could have really helped. Really helped Gerald. But I've been high on Holland for a little bit. Actually, I think he is very talented. I think he's tough. He did get exposed a little bit uh, in the Santos. Is, is He has a decent ground game. I mean, he did throw some submissions, and he did work off his back a little bit. He got tired, and Santos is a big boy for 185. I mean, he's at 205 now. And he took Holland down and just and basically just ragdolled him on the ground. Holland didn't have much of an answer. Jeremy Escard, I think, is a, same, is, is a really good grappler. I don't, know, I don't know how good his wrestling is. He's obviously training with Duke. He's training with Ben Askren, so I'm sure he's got some good takedowns. I don't think he's got cardio for days, however. I think Holland knows what Mark Merskart's got to do, and I think Holland is going to stop that. I like Kevin Holland in this, plus 205. It's a little steep. I would put him in a parlay because I, I like him a lot in this fight. I would put him in a parlay. I do have on my little piece of paper here, there's a little money sign next to Merskart. I do think there's some value because Merskart can come out and Holland can make a mistake and Merskart can get his back. I think it's over. You know, if Merskart gets your back or gets a submission deep in the first round without sweat or blood, He's going to get it. He's he's very talented on the ground. I like Gerald. Um, his, his ability, he's been around forever. He's a, he's, a, he's a veteran. But in this fight, I do like the young guy. I do like Kevin Holland. I think Kevin Holland's going to get it done. And uh, and I think he'll probably finish Merskart as well. I think he'll, he'll have a nice little showing. Next up, you got Kevin Aguilar, who is 16-1. He's a minus 105 favorite against Enrique Barzola, who is a minus 125 underdog, slight underdog. And Barloza is 16-3-1. Uh, this is another tough fight to pick. I am not blown away by Kevin Aguilar. I picked Rick Lynn to beat him as Rick Lynn is an underdog. Rick Lynn lost a decision to Aguilar. Aguilar came off the contender series. He has a great record. I just, he's really tough and he's really durable, but he doesn't do anything that blows me away. His striking's okay. His grappling's okay. He's just okay everywhere. He doesn't really set himself apart anywhere, in my opinion, besides his toughness. Enrico Barzola is on a nice little roll here. Um, tough guy, uh, you know, veteran of the sport, been around for a while. Oop, my phone just went off. That's my mom. That's my mom texting me. Yeah. What a nice lady. Um, that. So Aguilar coming off his only USC debut, which was against Rick Lynn by decision. Barzola is coming off all decision wins over uh, Brenda Davis and Mapaset. Both good wins. His only loss in his last five is Kyle Bachniak, which is. I mean, there's nothing, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that at all. Um, Barzola is a good uh, grappler. He can't take you down. He does have some submissions to him. He does have some nice grappling with him, uh, mixed up with the striking as well. Um, not the most exciting guy in the world, Barzola, but as the slide under, I like him. I mean, that's that's going to be an underdog. That's going to be your underdog pick right there. I know it's a slide under. I know that's going to move, but a lot of people I think are going to put more money on Kevin Aguilar. I see Kevin Aguilar rising in this. Um, as on Odd Shark right now, they're both ones at 110, ones at minus 110, 120. People are leaning towards, you know, Aguilar. I think at 70, 30, people are picking Aguilar. I like Barzola, though. I think Barzola can really control the grappling. I think this is going to be a tough fight. I think 
No finishes. This is going to go to the distance. If you're going to bet props, you better go to the distance. It's going to go to the cards. And uh, I like Barzola as, as a slight underdog, but uh, it's basically a pick and fight. Next up, we have Des Green. Desmond Green, he's 21 and 8. He's a minus 450 favorite versus Ross Pearson, who is 22 and 15, who is a plus 325. Man, they're treating Des Green like he's the next coming of, I mean, this this is fucking, you know, Khabib numbers when Khabib was fighting guys. You know what I mean? This is crazy. I I can't consciously tell anybody to bet Des Green at minus 450. Nothing against, nothing against Des Green. I think he's a very well-rounded guy. Decent wrestling, decent striking, tough as nails, great cardio, great camp. I believe is at Hard Knocks 365 down there in, in Florida with Henry Hoof. The guy's got like kind of a, the total package. But he's not a killer, right? He lacks some skills. Um, I don't think he's really crisp anywhere. I think his takedown offense is good. And I think his takedowns, his entries are pretty good. I think his striking is fast and good and fluid, but it's not powerful. I think he gets hit a lot. I think he can get outpointed a lot of times. And he has been in the, he has been outpointed in the UFC. Ross Pearson. I know he's an old dog, right? He's an old dog. Um, can't teach old dog new tricks, but he's got some great boxing. We haven't seen him in a while. He's as tough as they come. Um, his striking is is a little. It, it's obviously heavy, heavy boxing. He's heavy on his front foot, but he does have good kicks. He has good good takedown defense. I don't really see a lot of people really taking Ross Pearson down and holding him down all that much. I think he does have some good takedown defense. He's been fighting a lot of longer guys. I mean, he, his last fight, his his record, his past couple records, his past couple fights haven't been great. I mean, we'll look at him. I know Dan Hooker slept him with a knee. Okay, so Ross Pearson's he lost to John McDexy by a decision. He has a win over Mizuto Hirota. Dan Hooker knocked him out. Stevie Ray by decision. And Jorge Masvidal by decision. That's a pretty good who's who. Des Green's coming off a loss over um, Tusimov. Has a win over Glisson Tebow. Michael Bezeris beat him. And then Khabib. Habilov. What am I talking about? He has a win over Josh Emmett too. Des Green does, which is, which is a good win who Josh Emmett fights on this card. Um, listen. I'm, I mean... Ross Pearson at plus 325 is awesome. Like a lot of people don't know Des Green and, and, and I really am concerned why this number is the way it is. I know Ross Pearson hasn't had a, a great go in the past few years and he is getting a little bit older, a little longer in the tooth. I mean, he's 34. He's been around for a long time. I mean, this is almost his, I mean, what is this? His 38, 38, fight. This will be his 38th fight, fight, almost 40 fights in. I'm picking Ross Pearson. Underdog. As a big underdog, plus 325, that is crazy that he's that high. And I love it. I love him in this fight. I think it's going to be a close fight. But I think if anybody's finishing anybody, it's Ross finishing Desmond. I think he's got the power in his hands. I think he's got some good kicks. Desmond can get a little wild. He can, he can stay pretty tight, but he can get a little wild as well. He definitely has a speed advantage over Ross. But Ross does have power in those hands. And I think this is a big fight for him. I think this is a good matchup for him. And I like this. I like the plus 325 underdog. I'm definitely going to put some shekels, some sheets on uh, on Ross Pearson. That's a that's a great number next to his name. Minus 450 Des Greens is crazy, right? I mean, there, there's no way that's going to go any higher. It's, people are going to look at that and be like, first off, if you're a casual MMA fan, you might not even know who Des Green is. And if you're a heavy better, you're going to go, okay, I know who Des Green is, but really? Minus 450? What? 
Next up, a woman's strawweight fight. You got Jessica Aguilar, who is 20 and 7. She's a plus 245 underdog versus Marina Rodriguez, who's 10, 0, and 1. She's a minus 315 favorite. Marina Rodriguez is a, uh, she drawed, she had a draw her last time out with uh, Rana Marcos, who just beat Angela Hill. No shame in that. Marina is a tough, tough, durable gore. Aguilar's been around forever. I like Jessica Aguilar. Um, I don't like her in this fight. I think Marina Rodriguez, younger, athletic, um, better everywhere, better grappling, better get-ups, better submissions, better, you know, better striking. I think Aguilar has, obviously, the advantage of being a vet. She's been there for a while. I mean, Aguilar's got almost 30 fights, and Rodriguez has 11. This will be her 12th fight. So you're looking at the vet advantage. You're looking at the experience, obviously, in Aguilar, but I don't think that's going to be enough. I think Rodriguez is going to take this. I think there's going to be a finish as well. I think she can finish Aguilar, who's tough as nails, but... I think she can get it done. <clears throat> Next up in the featherweight fight I'm looking forward to, Shaman Morose, Marais, who is 11-2. He's a plus-120 underdog, excuse me, versus my boy, Sadiq Youssef, who's 8-1, who is a minus-150 favorite. I'm high on Sadiq. I saw Sadiq fight in the contender series, and I loved him from the minute. I believe he's fighting out of Lloyd Irvin over there in Maryland with the James Vicks and all those guys. This kid is tough. He fought one of the hardest fights in the contender series. He was like a like a, a four to four to one underdog, I believe, in his contender series fight. I, who I, the guy who he fought slips my name, slips my brain. His name slips my brain every time. Okay, so yeah, he, he his UFC fight only one they have right here is going to be um, he fought Suleiman and knocked him out in the first round. He looked great in that fight, but um, yeah, I'll have to look that up. I'm, I'll go. I'll do it right now, right? While we're here. I think tap Tapology. Shout out Tapology. Great website. I believe they'll have uh, who he fought. I was so impressed with that. Mike Davis. Why can't I remember Mike Davis? So he fought Mike Davis in the conditions. Won a decision. Mike Davis was almost a four to one favorite in that. Great boxing, great wrestling. And Sadiq just showed, stayed in the pocket, showed a great chin, showed some power, showed some great takedown defense. Really impressed me. Pressed me in his UFC debut when he knocked out Suleiman. Shaman Rice is a guy who's been around forever. I've lost every bet I've ever bet against him. I've bet against him, I think, almost every time, and I think he's won every time I bet against him. Um, but I can't, I mean, uh, I can't go against Sadiq. I think Sadiq has a nice little number next to his name. I think this kid's the real deal. He's 25 years old. He's big for 145. He's not, he's not tall, but he's thick. He's really well put together for 145. I like this kid's athleticism. I like his power. I like everything about him. I think he's focused. I think, you know, this kid is is the real deal. I really, really like this kid. I'm picking Sadiq all or yeah, Sadiq all the way. It's gonna be an entertaining fight because Shaman again is no no pushover by any means. He's a tough, tough, durable dude. He's got some good names on his record. He's got a good record himself. Comes from a good camp. He's young. He's almost in his prime. He's 20 years old. But Sadiq, I think this is a great challenge for him, and I love it. I love this fight for Sadiq. I think it's going to be a big win for him. So Sadiq all day. Sadiq all day. Next up, you got Paul Craig, who was 10-3. and three. He is a plus 175 underdog. And bear with me on this name. Excuse, sorry, buddy, but it's Kennedy. Let me, let me double check my notes here. Huh? Okay. Kennedy Nzutruwu. Nzutwu? Nzutruwu. I'm going to call him Kennedy. Who is eight and six and one? He is a minus two twenty five under or favorite. Excuse me. Kennedy coming off the contender series, big knockout on the contender series. Another Nigerian, I believe. Sadiq Yusuf was Nigerian. I think this is another guy. I don't know if he's from Nigerian, but he has Nigerian descent. 
Um, he was he's a big boy. This is this is two hundred five. These are the heavy hitters. He looked good at the contender series. I didn't get a huge sample size from him. His record's impressive. He's undefeated. A lot of finishes in there. Paul Craig's a guy that uh, this is a really good fight for him. I think this is good matchmaking for the UFC. Kennedy could be another light heavyweight. We talked about the light heavyweights two weeks ago. Kennedy could be another light heavyweight to add to that list of real problems for that division. There's some light heavyweights are really getting eyeballs right now, and I love it. Paul Craig, a guy, um, I'm not going to call him a journeyman, but I'm going to call him a guy who was maybe a couple seconds away from losing, getting cut for the UFC, and he won by last-second triangle. Lost his last time out when he fought. I like Kennedy in this fight. I know he's a big favorite. I wish I could take the underdog. I don't see value in Paul Craig. I know he's a good banger. I know he's tough as nails, and I believe he's from Scotland, um, which, you know, they, they produce some just tough dudes there. But I like Kennedy big time in this. Up. For a finish, it's going to be a nice little coming out party for him. Next up, we got Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Nailed it. She is 13-3. She's a minus, or, yeah, excuse me, minus 155 favorite versus Michelle Watterson, who is 16-6, who's a plus 125 underdog. Michelle Watterson's daughter, who was selling the Girl Scout cookies, was so cute. I mean, that was adorable, right? A lot of people like Michelle Watterson by the way she looks. They like her as the underdog as well. Karolina Kovakiewicz is a striker. Michelle Watterson's obviously the karate hottie. She's a striker as well. However, Kovakiewicz has really improved her game, really well-rounded. She's the top of the top. She's the heap of the heap. Her only real big stumble was against Jessica Andraz. I know she lost to... Uh, um, uh, Joanna, way back when, and she has a win over Rose, I believe. Uh, does she have a win over Rose, or does does Rose have a win over her? Double check. Double checks my facts. I'm kidding a little bit. It doesn't go that back far, far enough. She has a loss over Claudio Gadea, which I think was a bullshit decision. Anyway, I think she has a win over Rose. A decision win over Rose. Anyway, I like this fight a lot. Michelle Watterson's daughter is adorable. If I could buy cookies from her, I would. I don't like this matchup for Michelle Watterson. I think Car- Carolina is going to be the bigger, better girl. I think um, the striking, Michelle Watterson is, is a little hesitant on striking. She actually is becoming more of a grappler as well. I don't think she's going to be able to get Carolina down. I think Carolina is tough to get down. Carolina will probably lay in her takedowns. I think the striking, Carolina has more output. Michelle Watterson kind of does her karate stuff where it's like a little more point fighting where she's trying to score and get out, score and get out. And that's fine, but Carolina has volume, and I think she's going to be the better everywhere. Better on the ground, but everywhere. At minus 155, that's a nice little number next to his name. I know a lot of people are probably going to pick Michelle Watterson as a trendy underdog pick. I just, I don't see it happening. I just see Carolina um, winning this fight uh, by decision. Probably Michelle Watterson as tough as they come. Don't see a finish happening, but it could. But I like Carolina. I think she's uh, just overall better fighter. Next up, we have Josh Emmett, who is 13-2. and two. He's a minus 110 Favorite, uh, it's about to pick on Michael against Michael Johnson, who's 20 and 13. He was a minus 120, slight underdog, if you want to call it that. Uh, on tap, or excuse me, on Odd Shark right now, they both are at minus 115, so it's dead even, dead even race. Um, I like Michael Johnson a lot. I didn't like his, I didn't like his debut at 145 against Artem. Um, I think 145 is a good weight cut for him. I mean, he was cutting no weight at 155. I think he's a pretty lean guy. I usually don't encourage a lot of guys to cut weight. But he did seem like he was getting a little oversized um, at 155. He looked to be in great shape at 145, did not slow down at all. He, I mean, this guy's knocked out Dustin Poirier. This is the guy that's got some real power to his hands. He's got lightning quick hands. Really ultra-talented guy. His biggest knock 
has been maybe fight IQ in the fact that he he does gas a little bit. He does get a little tired. I think the cut to 145 makes him a little more disciplined. Obviously, he's got to put in more cardio to get to the point where he can cut. So his debut fight, he did not he did not gas out at all, which I attribute to the weight cut. He is 32, though, so the weight cut might not be that great, but he's been a wrestler his whole life. I think the weight cut's not going to be that big of a deal. Probably walks right. I mean, when he's not training, probably 160, and when he's training, he probably gets down to about 155. He probably has about 10 pounds of cut, which is, again, not that big of a deal. Um, he's ultra talented, though, and I, I would love to pick him because he is a slight underdog. Josh Emmett coming back after, I mean, he got his face rearranged by Jeremy Stevens. It was a brutal knockout, brutal fallout punches on the ground. It was pretty devastating. I know there were some fouls in there, and it was a pretty close fight as well. Emmett, tough guy, good power. Um, not the fastest guy at 145. He's short. He has good wrestling. He mixes it up well. I think he's going to wrestle a lot more in this fight. I don't think he's going to want to. I think the blueprint out there to beat Michael Johnson is out there. I think it's mix your striking with your grappling, keep him off base, get him tired, get the takedowns more often. Michael Johnson is a good wrestler, but he's lost a lot of his fights by that strategy. Obviously, Emmett is a team. I believe it's not Team Alpha Men anymore. I think it's Team Alpha MMA because they have women. You know, hashtag me too. So Josh Emmett, I think better all-around fighter than Michael Johnson. I think he can put it together. I think this is kind of an awkward matchup for both guys. Michael Johnson is going to come out gun blazing. I think Michael Johnson has a speed advantage. I do think Josh Emmett does move pretty well on his feet. Isn't the easiest guy to hit. I mean, I know Jeremy Stevens laid him out, but I think he'll avoid the strikes enough to really mix up his game. I have Josh Emmett winning this fight. That's a tough one. It is. If, if Michael Johnson was a big underdog, I'd take him in a heartbeat. But since it's dead even, I just think Emmett's going to be kind of better um, everywhere and have more of a gas tank and kind of wear out Michael Johnson. I think that's that's... You know, the blueprints out there. So I'm, t- I'm taking Josh Emmett. Next up, we got David Branch, who's 22 and 5. He's a plus 100 underdog. He's fighting Jack Hermanson, who is 18 and 4, who's a minus 130 favorite. Um, right now on Tapology, I put these, I put these numbers down. What was it like a week ago, maybe? Uh no, I had it's, it's not have been today. Um, anyway. David Brands is a slight underdog. Jack Hermanson is, is a slight favorite. David Brands coming off his, his awful performance over Jared Cannonier. And I like Jared Cannonier. He's he's a beast at 185. But Dave Brands gassed and just didn't show up for the fight. I don't think he took that fight seriously. This is a guy that's knocked out Tiago Sanchez. This is, or Tiago Sanchez. Tiago Santos. This is a dude who can bang. I mean, he won every title. Once he left UFC, the UFC, he won like every title outside of this fucking place at 185. He's got some good wins on his record. He's beaten some really young, up-and-coming guys. Jack Hermanson, long for the division. Um, actually, you know what? Dave Branch has a has a, a bigger reach than... Uh, man, I got the stats right in front of me. I'm lying. But Jack Hermanson fights long, I guess, what I'm going to say. Never been overly impressed with him. He does have really good ground and pound. If he gets people down, he will fucking smash on the ground. He's, that's, that, that's his bread and butter. Decent striking, chin okay. I want to pick David Branch so bad. But he burned me because the Cannoneer one was a parlay worth a couple G's that he burned me out of. So I can't, out of respect to myself, I can't bet Dave Branch. And I think I've I've picked Hermanson wrong every single time. So I'm picking Hermanson. If Dave Branch gets a higher number next to his name, a plus 120 range, 150, I would I'll, I'll definitely put money on Dave Branch because 
Stylistically, I think this is a good fight for him. I think he could take the fight down. However, he does get tired. He's not great off his back. He's more, he's better being the hammer than the nail. And uh, if Hermanson gets on top of him, I'm telling you, the guy's got some brutal ground and pound. Some of the best, best in the UFC. I think he's a killer when he gets on top of you. So, good, co- okay, code main event, uh, 185. Now the main event. Now the main events. And we're talking Edson Barboza versus Justin Gacy. Edson Barboza is 20 and 6. He is a minus 140 favorite. Justin Gaethje is an he's 19 and 2. He is a plus 110 underdog. Boy, am I excited for this fight. I am excited for this fight. Justin Gaethje, if he wins, well, you know what? I think Justin Gaethje is the most exciting fighter in all of MMA. Bar none. I think he's I think he's fantastic. With that being said, if he wins, he's one of my guys. He's right there on the edge. The only reason I haven't added him yet, and I'm going to root for him every time. The reason he's not on my guys list yet is because I have so many guys on my list that are heartbreakers. The way Justin Gaethje fights, every fight could be a heartbreak. You never know. The Eddie Alvarez fight, I thought he was winning the whole fight. Caught a knee, done. Poirier, back and forth, you know, got caught with a beautiful left uppercut, left straight hand, done. That could happen every fight with Justin Gaethje because that's just the way he fights. But he's the most exciting guy in the world. In MMA, for sure. Edson Barboza is, is a, a different guy training American top team. He, you know, there's blueprints out there to beat Edson Barboza. It's get in his face. Don't give him any room because he's got wheel kicks, he's got leg kicks, he's got body kicks. Cut that distance off from him. Cut the ring off. He moves really well. He used to train in Jersey. Now he's down on American top team. He's kicking a lot more. He's more active with his hands. I think his boxing is a little rough. I think his defense is a little rough as well. His takedown offense used to be bar none. I think there is holes in his takedown offense as well. He's tough on the ground. He holds on the ground pretty well. He's not going to get beat up unless your name, you know, Khabib beat him up pretty good on the ground. But you can get him there, right? And he's not he's not the best at getting back up, and he's not going to really be a submission threat on the ground. In the past, Edson Barboza has been touched in the chin, and he's, and he's been wobbled a little bit. Donald Cerrone dropped him with a jab and then choked him out. There's been times where he has been, has been hit and, and lost. Justin Gaethje is a wrestler. A lot of people forget that. He's also an incredibly exciting fighter. He is a wrestler, though. He tends not to wrestle because he's afraid to get tired in there. Um, so what, what is the game plan for Justin Gaethje? You got it. You got to get in his face. He's Listen, this fight's going to come down to the clinch, I think, because Justin Gaethje likes to fight close. If you're close, you're going to take away a lot of that power from leg click. If you're, not in, if you're out of range, he's going to kick you from afar all day long. You got to be in close. Gaethje is going to clinch. Gaethje's going to like those uppercuts in the clinch, but he doesn't defend well in the clinch. Edson Barboza is no slump, uh, no chump in the uh, no, yeah, no ch- chump in the clinch either. What? Edson Barboza got great knees, great flying knees, knocked out Benil Darius with that. Great tie knees as well. Not the most active with his hands in the clinch. Typically, a clinch he pushes away because he's afraid to get taken out, but he does have some good knees. Eddie Alvarez is knocked out. Justin Gaethje with a knee. In the clinch against Poirier, he rocked Poirier, but he also got knocked out really up close. So he's live or die by the sword. I don't think Edson Barboza has power in his hands. I don't think his hands, you have to worry about his hands in this fight. You got to worry about the kicks. The kicks are all there is. Wheel kick, that uh, he hits a lot, so he disguises it well. I, don't, I still don't know how he hits guys. His leg kicks are brutal. Justin Gaethje also has really good leg kicks. Is he on the level of Edson Barboza? Absolutely not. But he has chopped some guys down with the leg kicks. Hopefully, Justin Gaethje doesn't 
flop his dick on the table and go, let's fucking go kick for kick. Because that's the kind of guy that he is. Hopefully he does what I'm saying is he gets in close, takes the distance away, roughs him up, maybe even takes him down, or at least mixes it up. You got to keep him guessing. A striking match, pure striking match, where you're on the outside and you're changing shot for shot, Edson Barbosa is going to kick you all day. Riz, whatever. What he did against Dan Hooker was a clinic. It was beautiful. However, I think Justin Gaethje is tough enough to get in there and really rough up Edson. Over a five-round fight, Edson Barboza is at American Top Team now. It's a great camp. I think he's looked great there, but I don't trust him over five rounds. I don't really trust Justin Gaethje over five rounds either, right? Eddie Alvarez was a three-round fight. All those fights, I believe, have been scheduled for five. They never went five. Either he's gotten finished or he's finished somebody. Michael Johnson was a main event. James Vick was a main event. And Poirier was a main event, I believe. And Eddie Alvarez was a three-round fight. Wasn't a third round, and he got a little tired. I don't think Justin Gaethje is a cardio machine. However, I do think he's going to dig a little deeper and get this victory. I like Justin Gaethje. I'm high on Justin Gaethje. He wins. He's one of my guys. I'll ride with him to the death. I'll fight with him to the death. I like Justin Gaethje as the underdog here. There's some value on Edson Barboza. That's a popular pick. I believe a lot of people are torn on this. I believe, what is this? Okay, so it's 58, 42%, almost 60% are picking Edson Barboza to win this fight. That's why Gaethje is the slight underdog. I do like him as an underdog, though. I do, I do, I do. I'm convincing myself because I love him so much. But um, that's it. That's Philly. It's going to be an exciting night. I believe the fights, the main card starts at 7 on ESPN, which is awesome. I fucking love that. So enjoy the fights. Hopefully you win some money. Hopefully I'll be tweeting and interacting with some of the people. And, and you guys, I haven't tweeted the past two events because, you know, well, feeling like shit. However, hopefully I'll be tweeting. Hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll make some money off this podcast. And I will talk to you guys next week.